Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's finally here, Remzo. Are you excited? I'm excited. It's motherfucking spooky season spooktober okay. motherfuckers i, do I mean feel like the fraggers a... because we can't curse on youtube my bad i do feel like a, we can't i mean we can it's not we can't it's just highly highly like frowned it. upon the algorithm doesn't like it um but we don't mind it so it's all good uh i do feel like a little bit of a but you know what who cares i'm a, I'm a white man and i drink the occasional pumpkin spice latte so i don't care i'm embracing the whole fucking thing bring it whatever uh the point is this is the month where we like to uh take a little uh time out from our regularly scheduled programming and look at some well i want to say some spookier type horror stories the one we're going to look at today well i'll let the listener and the viewer if you're watching on youtube be the judge of how scary it is but it certainly is halloween themed episode issue all of it issue episode before we go any further remzo have you ever dressed as a superhero for halloween I have. I dressed up as Batman Beyond when I was in fifth grade. Hmm. I was also Bane. I went through like a, a super Batman weight. Beyond. Why did you choose Batman Beyond and not Batman? Because it because Batman was sold out. So I got Batman Beyond. <laughs> the poor kids go with Batman Beyond. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the, the mask, like you couldn't see through the eye holes either. So I didn't even wear the mask. So I just looked like random kid. When you get your costumes at Goodwill, that's what you're going to end up with. And I'm not judging because I've been there. All right. Hey, whatever works. When I when I was uh, when I was a freshman in college, I went through a weightlifter phase, so I was already mostly. How bald. long was that? Two weeks. Uh, the, so I uh, I got I got a baby. Talk mask. about scary! A, a, a super jacked, like roided out Remzo is a very it's a very frightening. I'll try and find the photo. I've got the photo somewhere on my phone from 2013's Halloween. I was at Mary Military Institute and I was broke as shit. But I had a bald head and I was jacked. So I got a Bane mask from Party City. And I had a friend named Mark Bane who gave me his name tag. Named Mark Bane? His name was Mark <laughs> Bane. So I had one of my army jackets that looked kind of like the flirt. Was he up born one. in 1992 and named and his last name was named after uh, the thing? I think Batman it was Scottish or something. All right. But I, I went ahead and had like uh, my uh, my my Greenfield jacket. So I put the Bane name tag on there. And all you needed was your was your fatigues and some combat boots. So I was Bane for Halloween and I won their costume contest against people that actually put effort. All right. Yeah. Very impressive. I, I myself, I, I always used to gravitate towards the more scarier Halloween characters. I was Freddy once. Uh, I was Jason. You know, I was more of a the murderous mindset when it came to come, came to my costume. So no superheroes? Not no, ever? Not really. No. I don't know why. I always went for the scary stuff. Maybe that says some things about me. But nonetheless, Remzo, uh, another question. Are you recovered from the draft yet? Because I'm still reeling, to be honest. I'm a little, I'm a little pissed off because – that Deacon Frost pick. Let's just go ahead and peel off this bandaid. Do you know what? Let's do. Yeah, let's do a little post show here. A little. Uh, I didn't post more. It's not that I necessarily wanted him, but I needed to secure a vampire. And people were like, "You could have had Blade. You could have had Blade. I could have had Blade." 
but I needed somebody to be a villain. And I know that we have that public domain. But were you afraid that someone else was going to draft Deacon Frost? That's the real question. I don't, I don't question having him on your roster. What I would question is the value, the value level. That's all. That's what the drafts are all about. It's all about Listen, value. Mark, people want a leader. I consider myself the George Bush of this show. People want to go for hearts and minds. Listen, I'm all dick and balls. All right. So sometimes you just kind of go for, you know, you just got to get it done to get it done. You know what I'm saying? You just got to like reach for the stars and grab your Deacon Frost. You just shock and awe this draft. Shock and awe the hell out of it. And I'm not, I'm going to just stay on this for at least 10 years before I remotely say it was a bad idea. All right. Well, it, if it seemed like you were already in uh, the spooky mood there, drafting a, a somewhat spooky team. And if you don't know what we're, or you're, we're talking about, go back to the last episode in your podcast feed or on YouTube and check out the SBC Comics Draft, where we did the nerdiest possible thing you could do and combined fantasy sports drafts only took the only only non-nerdy thing out of it which is sports and replaced it with comics uh so that was a very fun experiment we will be following up on that show if you go check out our teams you can sort of fantasy create your own comic company in your minds uh, and then see what we will do come november once we get through spooky season but like i said it's it's time for a little spooktacular and today we're going to be looking at an episode that i'm going to tell you about after no i'm going to plug it i'm going to save that for the end let's just get into the show we, we don't do production meetings. We produce on the fly. So let's get into our episode today and our issue. We haven't even had our coffee yet. We haven't even had our coffee. No, we're, we're, oh, my God. We have not had our coffee. I, I actually have not had my coffee today, which Me is either. why. I had a I'm protein a shake, which off. is far from a coffee. All right. Well, as soon as I finish this show, I am going to, even though it's a little late in the day for this, I don't care. I'm going to go brew myself in my French press a fine cup of Fox and Sons coffee. The Den Blend Dark is the one that I always stick with. But I have tried a few of the other, uh, what, I think it was the Tanzanian Peaberry? Tanzania Peaberry. Yeah, did you try that one? I like that one. My, that's my wife's favorite. Mine is usually the Brazilian Honey Prep. Mm. You don't have it. What I like about these is you don't have to have any creamer. We were, we were, get, we were yeah. getting groceries the other day because we've been gone for a couple of weeks. And for the first time in a while, we were just like, you know, we haven't bought creamer in months now that we realize it. And it's all because this stuff is just so naturally rich. Like, you don't need it. Other coffees are bland. Other coffees are burnt. The guy that he sources his beans from actually knows how to roast them, knows how to cure them and everything. So, I mean, you're dealing with, like, the top-notch stuff here, people. Absolutely. Well, luckily, we are not sponsored by Creamer, because if we were, we would have lost that sponsorship. But we are sponsored by the fine, fine beans sourced by our friend Stephen Fox at Fox and Sons Coffee, foxandsons.com, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S.com. It's the N, it's not the and, it's not the ampersand, it's the N, foxandsons.com. And because you're our friends and we're your friends and we're all a big happy family together, we've secured you a little discount, 15% off your order uh, if you use that discount code Second print pot. I almost said the other discount code because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm moonlighting here with this sponsorship, but we don't need to go into that. Uh, but what we will now go into is today's discussion about a Halloween themed issue of what is this issue, Remzo? I'm actually asking because I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Oh, here it is. DC, it's, it's an issue of DC Comics Presents from the That's Silver it. Age. Technically, still the Silver Age in 1978. Although I'd say we're we're pretty much on the the tail That's end. Pretty of borderline, Age. yeah. It, it's quite borderline. Uh, what's the is, is there a technical cutoff? I mean, I'd say the 80s were definitely now in the modern age. So I think it was like 80, 82 at that point. So so the golden age goes from I think it goes from 1937 to about 1960 1960. 
and then the Silver Age is from 1960 to about 1982. Okay. Well, regardless of the year, I can tell you this book feels very, very, very Silver Age. So this is DC Comics Presents, issue number 53 from January of 1979. And right smack on the cover is, it says DC Comics Presents Superman in... The House of Mystery. And dun, dun, dun. there is a familiar face on the cover here, other than Superman and other than, you know, the werewolf, Frankenstein, uh, kind of mini versions of Frankenstein, the werewolf. We'll get into all that later. But there's someone that I didn't expect to see in this issue because I didn't realize that this character in some form had already appeared in DC Comics. And that is the, the first murderer himself, Kane, who I, I knew had been in DC Comics via Sandman. I thought Neil Gaiman, in my mind, had brought this character into comic book form. That is not the case because this is this is not just some Kane. I mean, this is clearly the same exact Kane that later appears in the Sandman comic. What did I know? And I'm supposed to be the expert here. You know, sometimes you get characters who are, quote, the same, but they're really not. Like there was a Thor in the. This one seems in, more, more, uh, more sort of silly and, and a little less murderous. Yeah, like, like, did you know there was a Thor in Marvel before Thor? Like there was, there was, um, there were a whole bunch of people. There was Fing Fang Foom. He's one of the Golden Age monsters that gets brought back later and given a completely different thing. So it's not, it's not uncommon to get a character from the Gold or Silver Age. Who is who has the same name and likeness as a current character, but they're basically non-canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the way this he does seem like a very sort of I guess out of canon character. You might even imagine this story taking place out of canon. It really just depends on on how you, on where you, where you want to place something that we'll see is so so damn silly uh, inside your own head canon. But we're gonna start off this story. Uh, this story is narrated and, and hosted, so to speak, by Kane, uh, which is really interesting. I mean, obviously, the the way that Neil Gaiman used this character is very, very, very different in the Sandman series, but it is visually the exact same character. I mean, they did not recreate or reimagine the Kane character. They used the exact same Kane character that had been in DC Comics. It turns out his first appearance was in 1968 in the House of Mystery number 175. Oh, this Damn. is interesting. This actually is very interesting. I, I'm. This is live, live research, live facts. We do his it live, folks. His appearance was modeled on writer Len Wein, who went on to create the Swamp Thing. Is that a compliment I don't or know. is that an insult? <laughs> if you make him that, the bad guy, it all depends on your. Well, he's not really a bad guy here. Here, he's just a nice little sort of narrating storyteller who happens to be the first murderer in the history of the world. Take it however you want, folks. Right, Just like Ox and Sons Coffee. We're going to let Mr. Kane guide us right through the story. So if you want to follow along again, this is House. This is DC Comics Presents number 53. And if you do have the DC Comics app, this is on there. So that would be the way to follow along. Uh, but jumping right in, as I said, this story is narrated by Kane, who says, Startling salutations, super fans. Kane, your, this is my Kane, I guess. Kane, your humble host here with a tale of magical mischief. No, you haven't picked up the wrong comic. Now, this is the kind of thing that was definitely a lot more common in the Silver Age, the just blatant breaking of the fourth wall, not even just by side narration type characters like this, but you would see mainstream characters like Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, pretty much constantly referencing the fact that they're in their own comics. And you know, this is something that we rightfully, because it was done horribly, gave a lot of shit to the She-Hulk show for because of the way it was done. But as far as just the the trope itself, it is it is definitely a trope that has been around comics uh, probably since, since, since its inception. 
Oh, I mean, I, I remember Mix Expedilic, uh, Mr. Mix Expedilic, the imp from the nth dimension doing this all the time. And I was like, is it just him? But no, it it goes back. It was definitely more prominent in the Silver Age. I feel like Golden Age didn't do it much. And these days, it's very much for a specific corner of comics. You only get certain characters that can even pull off the type of behavior. Yes. Well, Kane is hanging out in a tree, and uh, he is getting us prepared uh, for a night when the Earth's greatest superhero may not be safe. He says, listen closely as DC Comics presents Superman in the House of Mystery. So he is presenting this comic to us clearly out of out of out of space and time, I guess you could say, in relation to the comic itself. Uh, this comic is written by Dan Mishkin, drawn by Kurt Swan. All right, and we begin our tale as a young lad is out seemingly pretty damn early on Halloween because it looks like the middle of the day. When you were uh, a young tyke, did you go out during daytime? Like, did they? Did your parents make you go out early? No, dog, I, I went out. I, I went out when the lights were out, when the yeah, street lights were exactly. on, like a normal okay. person. Thank you. Okay, so... Already, I don't like this kid or, or his parents. He's for, a nerd. For making him go out. He's like eight, by the way, and, and out, al nerd. out completely. I don't know. This kid looks a little young to be out completely alone, by the way. Well, um, this is the 70s. I mean, no one's, no one's going to kidnap him. Yeah, we didn't do that back then. Yeah, that's a anyway, 90s thing. Little Jimothy, as I'll call him, he knocks on this lady's door and he says the classic line, trick or treat. And she says, oh, oh, his name's Ricky. He actually has a name in this. Oh, my Ricky. What a charming Superman costume you have, uh, this young lady says. And she goes to give him some candy when suddenly little Ricky seemingly transforms into actual Superman. And this lady is, you know, as understandably a little bit shocked. And she says, oh, Ricky, uh, Superman, tell me how. And she says, sorry, man, ma'am, I've just spotted an emergency with my supervision. Got to go up. Up and away, and little Ricky, aka maybe Superman, just flies off. Before yeah, there's we nothing even, weird about that. Before we get into the rest of the story, what did this frighten you, Remzo? <laughs> Is this I was just kind of like, you know, she kind of took it like on the chin, like she's she's phased, but like not phased, like that's a normal occurrence. And it quickly became dark. By the way, do you notice it's dark by the time he by the time he flies off? <laughs> Yeah, Four seconds later stranger. after it was the middle of the day. And she even says, she's so unfazed. She's like, no one will ever believe this. But I believe, he, 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 he. So this lady seems high or something. She's just having a good old time. And I love some, I love the writing here because the caption says, and while giggles of glee echo through a normally, I mean, that is a sil that's silver age writing right there. That's yeah. how you know we're not in the modern age. You don't get giggles of glee in the modern age. Uh, we then turn our attention over to a Halloween party uh, in the Metropolis apartment of reporter Lois Lane. And here, all the Daily Planet people are dressed up as various uh, superheroes. They're dressed up as The Flash, Wonder Woman. Jimmy Olsen is actually Thor, not Marvel Comics Thor. Maybe he's the original Marvel Comics Thor. Just, he's Maybe. just right here. Or the mythological Norse god. It looks like Perry White is like um, just like uh, some kind of Roman something or other, Roman Emperor. And then Clark Kent is dressed as Green Lantern, which is actually kind of funny. And Lois is some kind of, like she's Cleopatra. Uh, so they're all having a good party, having fun. And um, Jimmy Olsen is kind of like, you know, it, it, Clark is, you, you forget this because we spend, I, th I feel like, it, especially in the modern age, most Superman comics, he spends so much time as Superman, they don't seem to focus, at least in the Superman comics that I dip in and out of now, now, now there's not a lot of focus on the Clark Kent character, but back in the day, uh, it was a large focus of the Superman character. You would almost see more time of him uh, being Clark Kent, trying to act like he's not Superman. Uh, now I feel like 
in the modern age that is kind of just glossed over. Do you notice the same thing, Remzo? Or am I making? I, I know it's the same thing, and it's because you know Superman comics were on the decline. They realized that it was less about the subplot; it was more about people just wanting to actually see him destroy shit. So I think a lot of that character development has been passed on. Luckily, we see that in stuff like Lois and Clark or My Adventures of Superman. There's an appetite for it. Uh, you know, Derek and I talked about it on Patreon covering, you know, the you know, most of the first season of My Adventures of Superman. It's like he's he's interesting. If he wasn't interesting, we wouldn't have gotten God knows how many seasons of Smallville. So I think that, you know, people ignore the Clark Kent side to their own peril. But stories like these remind us, yeah, there's a person behind the big blue tights. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's that's always been the crux of Superman is that while he has the powers of an alien and the 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 uh, the uh, physiology of it, the strength of an alien of all these things, he is human, and it's his humanity contrasted with that power, which is what makes him a compelling character. But you know, tell that to my wife; she still doesn't like Superman. Whatever, <laughs> it's, it's a miracle we're, start, we're still together. Uh, but uh, Green Lantern, aka Clark Kent, gets slapped on the back by old sportscaster Steve Lombard just bullying Clark around little if he had any idea how strong how this guy could snap his neck in two seconds dumps his drink on the ground doesn't care he's dressed as Hercules he's just a big jerk Lois is helping poor nerdy Clark up when suddenly who busts through the window but Superman a gatecrasher Superman busts through the window Perry White is shocked he says great Caesar's ghost a great line I love again a very silver age type thing to say great Caesar's ghost he's like why didn't you tell us you invited Superman Lois because everyone knows that Lois is boinking Superman right and she, she's like I didn't Perry it's such a surprise why such a dramatic entrance Superman so she thinks it's Superman because Lois is an idiot and can't and has not still has not figured out that Clark Kent uh, is also Superman. Yeah, real Pulitzer Prize winner right there. Meanwhile, yeah, right. Meanwhile, the man that we know is actually Superman, Clark Kent, dressed as Green Lantern, is using his um he's trying to use his X-ray vision, but he can't see anything through him. He can't really see what's going on here, which is. If you understand Superman's uh, what his powers are ineffective against, is possibly a little clue to where this is going to go. Um, and then uh, Superman is about to just take Lois out of there when uh, suddenly <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, who I said was dressed up as Thor, he now suddenly has the powers of Thor. Uh, his hammer just lights up and like starts shooting lightning. And so then Superman just just takes off, or who we think is Superman, takes off with Lois, with Lois Lane. He's like, I got to get her out of here. There's there's something going on. And meanwhile, Clark, Clark is in this tough position where he's like, you know, I'm Clark Kent. I'm not supposed to be Superman. So I'm not, I can't just use my powers, but I just saw this fake Superman who I know is fake Superman steal my, my girl. I don't know where they are in their relationship at this point, steal my love interest or whatever it may be. So he has this ingenious idea. He's like, because everyone just saw Jimmy Olsen randomly get powers. He's like, maybe they'll think that happened to me. So he uses his heat vision to make his, his imitation green lantern ring ling ring grow glow and then steve lombard points at it and he's like hey your ring's glowing just like jimmy's maybe you have superpowers now and he's like yeah maybe i do let me try it and then he slowly starts to float in the air and he acts like i love that he acts like he doesn't know what he's doing he's like oh my god it's it's kind of working i guess i could try this it's like all right i'm gonna go get lois and then he just flies off as green this is a normal thing that i'm very accustomed to but you wouldn't know it now, granted, this is a world of superheroes, but I, I just love how quickly it, the premise is accepted by every. Now, again, they're living in a world where a super alien comes down and fights other aliens that come down. So every this, week, 
Right. So maybe this is not all that wild and crazy in this world, but it is funny how quickly they just say, oh, yeah, obviously you're going to get superpowers from your fake costume because that just happened to Jimmy Olsen. And we're not questioning any of this because, hey, we're in the we're in the DC universe. In because comics. Exactly. We're high as shit. We are drinking Lois's fancy, fancy punch here at the spooktacular party. So uh, so now Green Lantern Clark is flying after fake Superman who has Cleopatra Lois with him as they're flying through the night sky of Metropolis. Um, he encounters uh, our Clark, our Clark as Green Lantern encounters these giant, uh, giant bird creatures. And he seems to have a little bit of trouble with them, which again, if you know some of the limitations of Superman's powers, which are few and far between, but there are some you might again. And he, he kind of thinks this to himself. He says, luckily though, magic must've transformed these birds. Um, they have had, they have act, no actual supernatural abilities, so I can still grab them and throw them around and whatnot. But he does reference magic because as we all know, Superman is really just ineffective against one thing that is magic. Uh, when anything physical or material, he's about the strongest being that there is, but if you're bringing magic in, he's not quite as effective. So that is maybe an indication of what is going on here. So he decides to follow these birds uh, back to uh, where they're going. And so he can try to figure out just what the hell is going on here. What is going on in this weird acid trip? What did Lois put in this punch? Why are random people getting superpowers? Why is there a fake Superman? And it all leads us back to where our, uh, where our journey sort of started in the narration. And that is at the house of mystery where we see Kane is now I have a lot of questions here. Okay. Kane is here sitting in a chair in this house of mystery, uh, telling a scary story, I guess, to these kids who are all dressed up in, uh, in various costumes. And, and this one kid saying, Kane, do you know any other scary stories? You know, scary stories about the werewolves, vampires, demons. And, you know, he's say, well, actually there's one little shocker I've been saving up. And this is when things are getting very meta, but I have a lot of questions here. First of all, who are these kids? Why are they in ha this house with a much older man, considering he's, you know, one of the first humans, like the fourth, I think. Uh, so um, he's been around a while and what parents let them go to this house to be to told stories by this, strange old man modeled on Len Wein. Remzo, thoughts? I mean, where does God sit in the pantheon of the DC universe? <laughs> Can we share these panels on a live screen? I does, wish. Would DC not like it if we do that? I, I feel like I we can do that. I don't know. I think you got to blur out the speech bubbles or something. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll think about it. I mean, we have the technology to do it, but I don't know. Nonetheless, I have a lot of questions about what these kids are doing here. Uh, would meanwhile, Jesus be a superhero? I think he's the original superhero. You could, yeah, but like say. you know, like that type. Like, <laughs> are you saying Jesus so many... is an alien, Remzo? You're okay, if you wanna, if you want, sure if you not. wanna go, if you wanna go that route, I do. Let's pretend then... we're not on second. Let's pretend we're on the Mark Claire show. For <sighs> Let's get weird and wild. Okay. Let's there's a lot. There's a, there's a there's a lot of aliens in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know so, if they're aliens, but they're, I don't know if they're aliens, but I think they're whatever they're, they are, they're aliens are similar to, to what people call aliens now. Let's they're, a, they're aliens to us. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Back to it. All right. That's a teaser. Someday Rems and I will, uh, will hash this out in, in a longer form podcast. That I'll we should do to ayahuasca do. together. We okay. need our patrons to fund a trip for us to do ayahuasca and we'll just film it. the whole thing. If you'd like to see Mark and Remzo talk comics on ayahuasca, head over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod, where if we get enough support, we just may do that very thing. But you can also uh, treat yourself to a bunch of bonus content, including Remzo rants, including Remzo's current dive into the series 
Forceworks on the Marvel Unlimited app. My current dive uh, into a couple series, Thunderstrike, which you can't even find on the Marvel Unlimited app. I am doing the podcast Thunderstruck, the world's only and biggest and best Thunderstrike exclusive podcast, as well as I'm doing the Savage Dragon Catch-Up podcast, where I am personally collecting the issues of Savage Dragon that I do not have in my collection, starting with issue, I believe, 64. I've read them all many times uh, in archive form, but I stopped at the physical collection back with number 65, so I'm going to be rebuilding that collection from scratch. Why? Because I don't feel like buying new Savage Dragon comics, but I can still relive the damn old days, can't I, Remzo? So you're gonna there you that. go, Mark. All of that and more is available to you as a patron of this program for as little as a measly. And I mean measly, because when we started the show, it was 2020. That five bucks is not the same five bucks a few years ago so it's it's as better a better deal than it's ever been today uh thanks to uh inflation Joe Biden. Whatnot. yes so thanks to bidenomics get the best deal possible at patreon.com slash second print pod at this point it's basically free remzo back to you or back to me because so i'm not enough. saying they're mostly aliens but like, <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying that there's some similarities there's a there's a lot of there's a Sometimes lot of convenient there's, moments there's glowing lights there. uh there's uh spherical vehicles orbs and whatnot uh fire some, chariots sometimes uh people going blind and burning and this sort of thing transfiguration have I you ever mean, seen the x-files Remzo? yeah i want to believe From the beginning? no okay i'm gonna i'm gonna send you uh a because it's too much to watch all eight seven seasons but there's an essential episodes list that you could just follow the main plot because a lot of them are just sort of side stories and fighting other monsters and shit there's a there's a a list of just essential episodes. It's maybe 12 to 15 episodes and it's all you need. And I'm down be, for that. You'll be in a good spot. Anyway, back to our, back to our regular schedule. Kane talk. reading things to children in back, an abandoned haunted home. Back to the first murderer in the world, reading, reading stories to children. Um, now he says, if you're thinking, he's about to tell this new story, right? That the kids are begging for, cause they just, they've had it. They they need a more, they need a scarier story. When who shows up? Ramzo is the aforementioned. I thought you were going to spoil this. It's the aforementioned magical trickster of the dcu superman's biggest little past mr mixelplick that's how i pronounce it how do you pronounce it mixpidlick all right i like mixelplick mixpidlick mr mixpidlick mixzipplick <laughs> no the, the real challenge is saying it backwards because i've never been able to do that so don't spoil the whole plot okay so Kane and now Kane, this is funny. I, I love the whole interaction here. It's like, oh, oh, you. I thought you, I've seen the last of you when you skipped out on your rent, Mister Ridiculous. So not only is Kane the first human living in the house of mystery and I guess landlording over it and hosting children's uh, scary story parties, but he's also rented out sometimes to magical elves who he thinks his name, he calls him Mr. Ridiculous. And this actually does play into the pot. Mixelplick says, no, it's not Mr. Ridiculous. It's Mr. Mixelplick. Uh, so we find out that, uh, yeah, that, that Mr. Mistleplick is involved in this whole thing. And just as he's about to you know, tell some kind of story to these kids, who shows up? It's fake Superman with Lois Lane, Cleopatra Lois Lane, who says, Mistleplick. And, and he says, look, she got my name right. And speaking of getting things right, it's time to turn Superman back into, and then we see Superman transform into Little old Ricky. He is just little Ricky now. And he says, oh, I'm myself. Again. He seems pretty depressed. I'm myself again. Now, Lois is just lay laying into him. She's like, you mischievous little imp. So you're the one behind this. What are you up to this time? And she's like, oh, just having a little fun on Halloween. Just messing around with your at your muscle-bound boyfriend's expense. Now, Ramzo, before we go further, maybe we should give some backstory. What can you tell me about Mr. Mixable Thick? 
Mr. McSpidlick is an imp from the nth dimension. He's an interdimensional being. He can manifest things straight out of his thoughts, alter reality around. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sight, taste, and sound. Uh, he's one of actually the most. I'm doing dang- it, Remzo. I'm Do sharing it. my screen. Okay. There is why I have video if we're not going to add a video element to it now and again. And since we have the technology, there you go. Come at me, DC. This is one panel from DC Comics Presents number 53 from 1979. Here is Mr. Mixableltick. So basically, he's one of the strongest creatures ever, except he's incredibly immature. And he often ends up being the foil of his own uh, machinations. Let's put it that way. The only way to defeat him is to get Mr. McSpidlick to say his name in reverse. That is true. And that will send him back to the nth dimension until the next time he pops up. Oh, his hat also has like extremely crazy powers too. Like he has his own powers, but the hat like really manifests them. We could truly just do entire shows like this in live read format, just going panel through panel. But I I don't know. I I mean, I, I have seen other like other YouTubers, they use panels from comics and they, they sort of scan through them and show you stuff. So I don't know. Let's Maybe do it should... until we get in trouble. Let's talk to our, let's talk to our lawyers. Um, I'm not going to do this with the whole comic, but it's something to think about. It's something we, we can definitely do it for patrons. Cause you know, whatever. So maybe it's we'll like all well, my barbers. All right. I'm going to stop the share for now, but you have, you have now seen Mr. Mixed He's an untrustworthy midget. Yeah. So back through the story and you know, look, he's just trying to have a good time at the end of the day. Um, but in order to have that good time, he has to turn some children into ghosts. So he turns a few of these children into ghosts. He turns this other kid who's in a werewolf costume into an actual wolf. He turns these kids into goblins, into vampires. He's turning all the kids into scary monsters. Meanwhile, real Superman, uh, who's at some point during this flight has switched into his actual Superman outfit, switched out of the Green Lantern outfit. Real Superman is following the scent of Lois Lane. Isn't that beautiful, Remzo? He knows what his love smells like. You know, Superman is cool but sometimes Clark is kind of a dork. So he flies in and comes into this house of mystery and he's like, what is going on here? It's 11 o'clock. What happened? The house is talking to him, by the way, I should point out there's a narration. This is the house speaking to him. He says, you must reach her by speaking of Lois. You must reach her by midnight, the witching hour for after the clock strikes 12, she will be lost to you forever. He's like, ah, geez. So he, he looks through the wall here. He's trying to get around here, and the X-ray vision isn't really looking. Again, an indication of uh, the magic being used by Mr. Mixitopuk. However, he opens this door. He just opens this door like a barbarian instead of seeing through it. Comes in, and oh my god, there's this giant squid monster in here. This scene kind of reminds me of the scene in Star Wars where they're in the, the trash compactor, and they're fighting that sort of like scary squid thing, only it's just Superman. Trash squid. Trash squid. Um, and now- I can't wait for the prequel film about that. Now that now Mr. Mixitoplick along with um along with Kane and this kid are like standing sideways because now we're you know we're in a magic sort of interdimensional uh, type place that he can uh, manipulate. So they're watching Superman try to get through this house of mystery now. So he's he flies out of this room into another room, but he flies into this room and everything is tilted on a ninety degree angle. So he's all fucked up. He's standing on the floor, which is really the wall, and he's standing sideways. And Superman is just all messed up. And then he notices 
behind him, coming out of one of the doors, is one of these scary, scary squid things. So finally, he is able to... Um, Missile Blick just turns the lights out altogether, just to try to mess with Superman even more. And then <laughs> I'm going to share another panel, Remzo. This Do it. Be, this has to be done. Do it. All our production meetings and decisions happen live. Here is uh, Superman. Maybe I am going to live live broadcast this whole issue. Uh, here is Superman being uh, approached by uh, this sort of ghost monster. And he, he calls Mr. Bones, by the way. I don't think he's actually calling him the actual Mr. Bones. From I think he's just being sarcastic because he's, he's being, a skeleton. I think he's just being cutesy with the whole thing. And then look at this. Superman knocks this with Superman strength, by the way, knocks this thing. He says, go rattle your bones somewhere else. Knocks it down. We see Mixoplick turns the lights on. And then Superman is shocked and horrified to find that this skeleton that he just knocked down he says, great sons, by the way. It's only a kid in a skeleton costume. Oh, my God. How could I have made such a mistake as Mixelplick is just sitting there laughing to him? I'm not going to keep sharing the whole time, but I'm going to experiment. I was going to say, that was pretty cool. We got we to gotta learn the workaround yeah. on that. We're going we're gonna to see how it goes. I'm going to do it sparingly, and then uh, we'll see what kind of feedback we get. But it, it, it's fun. It adds. I mean, no one just needs to see us talk the whole time. No. That's the point of that. So this is a, we'll start mixing this technology in here a little bit. And now... Now Kane is sort of lambasting him. He's like, all right, Mr. Mexico Blick, this is enough. You've gone too far. You're actually, like, hurting a kid now. And again, he uh, – well, no, because uh, – That Kane, kid looks dead. There's a, he does. This, and Superman's just, like, holding this apparently dead kid now. And he's like, listen here, Mr. Mixed Missile System. You've gone too far. And, and, and this does play into the plot. Pay attention, my friend. So Mixelplick is getting increasingly frustrated with Kane not being able to pronounce his name, and he keeps correcting him. He says, "No, it's Mixiplick," and he says, "Anyway," and I say it different every time. He says, "Anyway, Kane, there's nothing to worry about yet. The kid's fine." He's like, "All right," and uh, you know, Superman. And by the way, he doesn't. Superman doesn't see Mixelplick at this point. He's like, he sees him, but he doesn't see him. Mixelplick is sort of Mixelplick and Kane and Ricky are like out of time, just sort of watching out of space and time, watching what's happening. Finally, Superman. Runs up these Ricky's stairs. friends are not going to believe any of this. Superman runs up these stairs into a room, and it's an office. But the office is it's the Daily Planet, apparently. So now he's really confused. He's like, what's going on here? It's the Daily Planet. And what's weird about all this, besides the fact that why is the Daily Planet inside this house of mystery, you think Clark is like, I, this is why I wonder if Clark is just on acid here. Like, he should he should know this is not what's supposed to be happening. But he he kind of just rolls with it at first, I guess, because he's a little bit influenced by the magic of, of Mixopoldic. And he's saying, Lana, wait, well, I don't know what's going on here. And Perry comes in. He's like, hey, there you are, Clark. Uh, he's like, I want you to rewrite this story before the deadline. You get 15 seconds to, to write it. <laughs> he's like, uh, sure, uh, no problem. This is what Night Terror should have been. This is what DC's – this should have been actually that, the Night That Terrors. is something that I have been told far too often in my career. What, this is what Night Terror should have been, or you should have this in 15 seconds? I should have this in 15 minutes. I need, I, I need you to – 15 seconds. This is 15 seconds. Yeah, I need you to completely rewrite this thing. In 15 like, seconds. 15 seconds. All right, well, and, and Superman, I guess, is just rolling with the punches here. He's like, all right, no problem. I'll oh, you want to something scary? I might as well just add this. Sure. While, while we're doing I, I said, I sent it, Jesus being an alien. I sent not? an email one time that they had spent like five hours working on. And right after they told me to send, I got a text from my boss. Like, yeah. Can you make some changes to that email? <laughs> Knowing that I sent it. Was your boss Perry White? No, but he was old and white. Oh, I can't tell you how many newsletters I've sent out that, that needed corrections. That doesn't matter because it's been sent yeah. out. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, the real night terror. Hire us for your marketing needs. <laughs> uh, anyway, so as Superman is rewriting the story in 15 seconds, he's, he's 
thinking I, I miss thought balloons, Ramzo. I feel like thought balloons are thought balloons not, have disappeared because disappeared, all, right? because modern day writers all now they know narration. All they know is fucking exposition. They can't really write that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, thought balloons are what lets you get the real first-person perspective with, without having to constantly dip into narration and not know who the narrator is or start changing the narrator. Uh, and it's just, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a, a thought balloon in a modern comic. I'm sure I have, but Decades. it's definitely been fading away. I will say, say what we will about him. He's on my team. I drafted him. Eric Larson still uses thought balloons. Respect, okay? I'm going to give him props no matter when I can, no matter what, because I'm fair. Fair and balanced as always. Superman thinking to himself. Jab your kids. Make why them do I get the feeling there's something? I'm not going to respond to that. That's <laughs> he works for me now. He's part of my comic book team. Like uh, I'm sp- Why do I feel like something's off here, Superman's thinking? Like I'm supposed to be somewhere else. And he's like, oh, Jimmy Olsen. He's my friend. He'll help me figure this out. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, what's going on here? And then Jimmy does. he just ignores him. He's like, oh, he acts like he didn't even hear me. And Perry's like, well, I guess Olsen's still mad at you. He's like, well, mad about what? And Perry's saying, well, that you didn't tell him your secret identity before <laughs> revealing it to the whole world. And Superman's like, like, what? My secret identity? He's like, I'm still dressed as Superman, and, and they're all calling me Clark. Like, what's going on here? He, he is tripping balls. He doesn't know what's going on. Again, this this should have been DC's Night Terrors. Perry says, of course, he still blames you for what happened to Lois. And Superman's like, oh, my God, that's right. I'm supposed to be looking for her. And suddenly he remembers why he's here. And he's like, oh, maybe Lois is at her desk. <laughs> so he goes to her desk. And who's at Lois's desk? Fucking Kane, Kane and Ricky are at the desk and um, Superman is freaking out and he's, he's grabbing Kane. He's like, listen, answer me. Where's Lois? What happened to her? And Kane just says nothing. And little Ricky is saying like, Kane, wh- why is Superman acting so crazy? And Kane explains, this is the room of secret fears. There's a psychodrama. And I love this. I love this. There is an asterisk next to the word psychodrama, and then there's an editor's note that says a form of therapy in which one improvises situations related to a personal problem, Julie, who I believe is the name. And of people editor. said that comic books were not educational. Totally, I, I mean, no joke, I did learn a lot of big words that I did not know from comics, a whole lot of them. It's probably the reason I'm real, I read real books too, but um, look, it's, it's not to be laughed at. If your kids are reading comics and that's all I wanna read, encourage it, they will learn weird shit. Maybe don't encourage them to listen to this show, I don't know if they're ready for that yet, Fuck it. We've saw a lot of SAT words by now. Yes, like psychodrama. Anyway, he says this is playing right in, in Superman's head where the things he dreads the most are coming true. So pe- having his identity revealed, having to write an article in 15 seconds, uh, losing Lois, uh, that sort of thing. So he's had enough. And uh, and he said, and, and he takes pick, Superman picks up Kane, and he's not violent, but he's fucking with him. He's twirling him around. He starts twirling Kane around, and Kane's like, look, Mr. Mister Swizzlesticks must have decided that we should be included in it. We shouldn't be in a psychodrama. And and, and Mixelplick appears and says, it's not Swizzlesticks, it's Mixelplick. <laughs> and then we see these, like, mobster guys show up that I don't know what's going on. He's like, like don't don't move, Kent. We're going to splatter your friends all over this room. And, and this is when things are, you know, things are just going off the wall in the psychodrama. He's like, we found out you're Superman. The boys replaced some regular painters and did the walls in here with kryptonite-based paint. And he's like, oh, no, I can feel myself getting weaker. The kryptonite poisoning's killing me, and their, their bullets are made of kryptonite now. He's like, I'm falling through this space, and now he falls through the floor into a room down below. And look, this is if this is not horrifying, I don't know what is. Again, DC's Night Terrors take note of how to do horrifying psychodramatic dreams in Superman's mind. 
He says, what's going on? This whole scene in the planet newsroom must have been some kind of magically induced dream. But where am I? What's going on? He's in a box. And as he's pushing out of it, he realizes he was inside a coffin. Well, that is scary. But this is no time to dwell on the furnishings. He says, I've only got five minutes to find Lois. It's almost midnight. But poof, there's a vampire that pops out of nowhere, goes after Superman. But before he can kill this vampire, he says, oh, wait, what if this is another child? Just like before. (laughs) I have to share the panel again. I have to share the panel again. This is my new thing. I don't know why we haven't been doing this the whole time. A whole new world. Suppose this is another child who has been magically transformed into a supernatural <laughs> foe for me to fight. What if that's what happened? Well, he, so he stopped. Please don't I, stab him. <laughs> I was lucky I didn't seriously harm that boy, but I'm afraid to physically vanquish this vampire. How can I? Got it. I'm, he's going to beam his solar-powered heat vision on the lamp, which will cause a brief incandescent explosion, which, as we know, vampires don't like light. And look... The vampire is now back. <laughs> He's now back to a normal little kid in a vampire oh, costume. All right, we're gonna keep we're gonna God. keep playing with this. We're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> see if we get better in the algorithm or get more comments or what have you. Something just, like that. Or get sued. A lot of ways. This One or the other. So now Ricky's celebrating, saying, "Great work, Superman!" And Kane says, "Well, Big Blue has certainly lives up to his reputation." Now they have different thought balloons here because they're because they're out of time. Like their Superman doesn't hear them. You know, they are just commenting, sort of like um, you know, in a a Christmas uh, Carol or what have you. You know, mm-hmm. where they're they're just sort of watching the events from outside time. Superman notices, "Oh my God, it's eleven fifty-five. Uh, I just got it. So he's just freaking out. So he busts through the ceiling now and just tries to go uh, find Lois through the house, uh, blast through these doors in this really weird room with like some weird SNM like handcuffs. And uh, one of those, what are those things called where you close the person in them with the spikes? Oh, uh, Iron Maiden. The iron. There's an Iron Maiden. He opens a door where he, th- he he thinks it's Lois's scent, and he sees a skunk. He's like, "Oh wait, I was wrong. It wasn't Lois's perfume. It was a skunk." Because those things f- sound similar. And then, bong. Midnight it's like he's strikes. never smelled that. It's like he's never smelled actual perfume. So, I know. Superman is defeated. He is upset. He's like, it's over. It's midnight. I'm screwed. When who shows up and finally shows himself, Mixoplick, he says, Oh, that was a corker, Soups. You should have seen the look on your face. And then he says, Mixoplick. And his shock lasts a moment before I'm going to share a panel again. I should, just, I should just leave it up the whole time. Just fuck it. Let's do it this way. But you know what? I'm enjoying this. We're cursing. We're, we're showing Superman. license stuff. We're doing do everything it. wrong. Look at Superman cracking up at this. And then, uh, you know, he's like, right, have you gone, cra- Kane, have you gone cracker, Superman? What's with the belly laughs? This little nitwit just iced your girlfriend. And he says, no, he didn't, friend. The imp may be an impossible pest, but he never knowingly harmed anyone. This is all just your idea of a humorous prank. Wasn't it, Mixelplick? The first of many, Superman. And... To wrap this thing up, you know, Superman is is not freaked out because Mitzelplik has like he always causes problems and causes mischief, and sometimes his mischief he, causes he doesn't real have problems. like he, he doesn't have like ill intent. Like exactly, that's the he, thing about him. He has no ill intent in his own mind, right? Like the things he does are isn't are, Batmite an imp? He may be, yeah. I think like he's that. an imp too. Yeah, yeah, um, and yes, yeah, so. so you know, he goes too far. He, he definitely goes too far, and he does mess up people's lives by doing magic and really messes with them, And, and as you can see. But in his mind, he's just having a fun, and he's playing pranks, and he actually really likes Superman, and he thinks he's his best friend. So it's kind of like this sad relationship where he is technically a part of Superman's rogues gallery, but but it's actually just because he, he wants a friend, and the only way that he knows how to show friendship is by being a prank because he's an impster. He's an imp, and he does pranks. He's a prankster imp, so that's that's what he is. So it's actually, it's actually the ultimate compliment to Superman that Mr. Mixelplick would go through all of this just to mess with him, even if it led to 
a lot of sort of confusion and uh, and, and psychodrama. Children in comas. Children in comas. Yes, this sort of thing. Um, he says, look, you can he's like, but I'm going to keep playing these pranks unless you send me back to the fifth dimension by tricking me into saying my name backwards. But you're never going to get me to do that because I'm just too smart, smart to be fooled by anyone. So then Ricky goes to Kane on the side and he whispers to Kane. He says, hey, Kane, I, I got an idea. So then in the meantime, so this is a uh, this is funny. I'm going to share one more uh, one more panel because I love this line. This is we're, we're breaking the fourth wall again, friends. Super, Lois, Lois Patra busts in to Superman. Thank goodness you got here. Mr. M had me locked in a room with comic book artists chained to their drawing boards. He says, he says they wanted me to free them, but I couldn't take the responsibility for letting them loose on the world. <laughs> and then Superman responds, smart move, Lois. Now all we have to do is find a way to get rid of our little rendezvous, for our little mischievous friend here. And he says, no way, Snoop Bone. I'm telling you, I'm not leaving this time. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop sharing for real now. I, that, that's maybe a favorite part of the whole thing. Like, like this, and like I don't even know if DC Comics presents is supposed to be silly. It's kind of like a Simpsons or... Treehouse of Horrors. Exactly. Of it's kind of like here's a little story. You can put it in your canon if you want, but we're just gonna do weird shit, and we're not gonna really worry about it too much. And neither should you. Um, but we still have the problem because even though Mixelplick is a friend in a sense, he's gonna keep causing these pranks. Like, cause he doesn't, he will never learn. He'll never know better. And then. Kane does what you were trying to do. You want to try it? Kane says, that's right. Old Kultubzim is my buddy, and he's here to say. So he he actually says Mixel Mixelplick's name's name backwards. So then Mixelplick says, No, Kane, it's not thank you for trying, but it's not Kixelplim. It's oh no, oh no, unfair, you tricked me, and he disappears back to the nth dimension. Now I don't know what the time limit is on, because every time they trick Mixelplick into saying his name backwards. At some point, he does return again. So maybe this just sends him back for like two weeks, and at some point, it's he can go again. I'm not sure. It's something like that, or basically, it negates his ability to travel between dimensions. Superman, let's just says, let's just hope that is the last uh, last prank we're gonna get here for this Halloween. And Kane says that reminds me, I still have some treats in the fridge. Anyone for stuffed lizard tails? And that's that's our that's our last line. <laughs> Silver Age. The Silver Age, my friends. This is a you gotta love you, this shit. You just don't see this anymore. No, you know what I mean. And yeah, a lot of the um, if you go back to our past October's, we usually do actually look at some horror, more horror, and maybe we will later in the month uh, at some more horror type actual comics, uh, like a Swamp Thing or a Hellboy or what have you. But when I was, I was actually, I'll, you know what I did here? I went to the DC app and just typed in Halloween. And I just wanted to see what came up. And there was some, obviously the long Halloween came up, but that's a 12 issue series that I wasn't, you know, that's, that felt a little too heavy. We're not about that right to, now. No, uh, you're going to have to be a patron for, for going to do a break, a breakdown of like a 12 issue series. But I will say I couldn't resist when I saw this pop up and I, I, I took one look at this and I was like, I'm doing this. I don't even care what's in it. And I'm so glad I did because Look, Halloween, yeah, it's about it's about scariness. It's about spookiness. Like me, like I said, I grew up trying to be Freddy, trying to be Jason, trying to be scary. But at the end of the day, Halloween's really about having fun. And this shit was fun, Remzo. What do you think? I enjoyed it. You know, this is the type of stuff that I remember collecting in back issues at my old local comic book shop and everything. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's very Simpsons Treehouse of Horror-ish. I mean, that's my childhood right there. So I really got to get to see something like that. It's stupid. It's silly. It's it's everything a good old-fashioned comic, especially for holiday-themed stuff. I feel like the holiday-themed comics tend to get pushed to the side. I've collected um, you know, DC horror one-shots and stuff over the years, and they're not as fun and endearing as this. So you know, I'm, I'm glad you picked this one out. 
I am glad into uh, indeed. So that being said, I guess we gotta grade this, Remzep. So what's uh what's your philosophy on grading when it comes to sort of a, a story like this that it's hard to grade it in the way you might grade a normal comic, although maybe you can apply your usual metrics as you do and we'll we'll see how it plays out. Well, let, let's go ahead and jump from the top level down a little bit. First off, is this good for new readers and for old readers alike? Absolutely. If you don't know much Absolutely. about Superman, doesn't matter. If you've known him for years, you'll like it even more. So it goes ahead and gets top scores for that. Secondly, I'm not going to go ahead and compare this to something from, let's say, comic books today. I'm going to compare this to other Silver Age era comics. And I'm talking about tone, story, um, artwork. The artwork is fine. The artwork is average for the silver age i'm gonna go ahead and give the artwork i'll give it a four because i i like how it's done i like how everything is done i like how the rendering is it's uh it's a little bit more of that silver age charm where it lacks detail in certain areas but it it, it makes sure that the characters are really you know emoting so i'll go ahead and give it a four and i'll go ahead and give the story a four as well it was very predictable when i when i uh picked this up on the app i could pretty much tell where this was going so it was very predictable it's very not serious, I think, because it doesn't need to be. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a four as well. So this goes ahead and gets a score of eight out of ten. It's a good Silver Age story. And Remzo, sometimes we're way out of sync, but sometimes we are locked in. And this is this is one of those times. I think the art, I think the art is actually very good for for Silver Age. Like you said, it's it's kind of like standard Silver Age art in a way. Like in the Silver Age, you weren't gonna get artists doing the kind of things that, like, say, a Rob Liefeld or a Todd McFarlane would do later with these sort of big. I mean, this is this is what comic art was at the time. And for that, I think it's I think it's very good. I think I would actually put it, I think on the Silver Age curve, you know, you have to, I think. I would put this in the higher end of things. So that's why I give the art a four as well. And like you said, I think the, the only reason I can't go crazy on the writing and give it like a 4.5 or a five is because, yeah, like you said, it is predictable. Uh, it's pretty obvious where this is all going. It's pretty obvious what, what's going on here. If you know anything about the Superman mythos, uh, but at the end of the day, it's re it's self-contained. It's harmless. It's fun. How much fun do we have reading this and recapping this? Even if it, you know there was a slight tangent about Jesus being an alien along the way, uh, and I, I wouldn't even call that a tangent. This whole Superman is about a, a Christ-like alien coming to save the Earth. So anyway, whatever we can do a whole. You've gotten meta very meta about this. I am going to have Chris Knowles back on to talk about uh, his new book pretty soon. So we might we nice. might get into just some of this stuff. By the way. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm also going to give the writing a four. I think I think the writing is about as good as you can get for a non-serious story um, like this without, but it's missing that extra step. There there could have been a twist here that made this even more interesting. Maybe you know the fact that it was predictable, fun yet predictable, and there's nothing wrong with fun yet predictable. But there's a cap on how high we can go with that. So I'm going to also give it a four. So that's an eight for both of us, which which I would say is still a pretty good damn score. It's a it's a uh, it's definitely a recommend. So I, I would definitely it. say for Halloween. Put this on your list of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you have the app, for sure. I don't know if it's worth, you know, hunting through every every bargain basement bin just to find this one. It's not necessarily a hidden gem, and you can read half of it by watching this show on the YouTube right now anyway. So we're going to see how that all plays out. We're going to talk with our legal counsel and whatnot. Uh, and until then, we're just going to let it fly. Uh, but if you enjoyed this format, if you enjoyed uh, this, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, by the way, we do do YouTube now. Now, we have just the podcast version for years. YouTube is fairly new. It's fairly small. We're trying to grow it. We can grow it with your help. So even if you don't watch the YouTube, we do appreciate it. If you just take a minute out of your day to head over to YouTube, type, type second print comics podcast, 
just go toss us a subscribe, like a few videos, leave a few comments, because uh, it takes a little bit to get a YouTube off the ground, and we were pretty much quiet on YouTube for years, so we are we are scraping and clawing away, so to speak. But maybe this new uh, this new interactive format will just take things to a new level, Remzo. I guess a we'll whole see. new world. Uh, but in the meantime, Remzo, you want to tell them a little bit more? I plugged it briefly about what they can find if they do love this show enough to donate a little bit to us a little bit a five bucks a 15 bucks a whatever there's so many options around so tell them all about it hey i'm about to go out this weekend and pick up some hardcover graphic novels for our uh, epic crossover level patrons they go ahead and uh, we gotta do a zoom call this month i remember we gotta do oh, yeah, that we gotta do a Zoom call this month. So, if, uh, people at fifteen bucks or higher, we will remember to do the Zoom call this month. You get all the exclusive shows. I'm gonna go pick up some hardcover graphic novels. You go ahead and get that in your inbox every couple of months. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Jeffrey and we got Eric who are producing episodes. They were on the draft with us last week, giving me crap about my Deacon Frost pick. Watch me still win. Watch me still win. He's like the Zach Wilson of this whole thing. Everyone is like, trade him. You wanted Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? He's going to Wilson this whole thing, and the Jets are going to be not so absolutely terrible. Watch it. My, my not, Jeff Johns um, is going to like break his uh, – break his, break his Rodgers. He's going to break his wrist or something. Not going to be able to write for me. We got to figure months. out who the Brett Favre of this whole thing is. <laughs> if Alan Moore comes out of retirement to rock some books for me, that's that's a Brett Favre right that's there. That's a Brett Favre move. All right, folks. Patreon Ain't no fucking that. Brett Favre. Ain't no watching him fucking cockney football he's the he's the superman of the nfl you know who reason. does a great alan moore actually uh, on, on rob liefeld's latest podcast he does great impressions of as you know we love his todd uh he does a pretty good alan moore too on the latest the latest episode all about todd mcfarlane's lawsuits that he does a great alan moore if you if you dig deep into that one oh i gotta listen to free that. plug for you rob don't worry he sent he sent me two issues of Science Snake Eyes. I'm still waiting for Blood Crew, still waiting for Blood Crew or whatever that last Kickstarter he never sent stuff out for was. Oh, uh, goodbye, seventy five dollars. Anyway, all that and more. Patreon.com slash Second Print Pods and just and a plethora of shows. I've got, uh, as I mentioned before, I've, I am I am rejuvenated in some ways because I have retrieved all of my old comics uh, from my uh, the vault in Connecticut. It is now here with me in Florida, and I'm going through it. I'm doing some things with my collection. Like I said, I'm rebuilding out my Savage Dragon collection. I'm collecting some uh, of Alan Moore's Supreme. I had some of his run. Now I'm filling in the gaps there. Uh, I'm, I'm filling in some gaps of things I've always wanted to collect, and a lot of these things are not available digitally. Alan Moore, I think there's some contention over rights. I don't know what it is, but these issues are not available digitally. So the only way to get them is to get them and to read them. So I think stuff like that, I'm going to make that Patreon exclusives where I'm reading issues that you just can't find digitally, which is kind of rare nowadays. A lot of, a lot, I think we take for granted now, like it's so easy to find a lot of issues, look them up on a DC, um, a whatever app, but a lot of this stuff, uh, especially some stuff where there was some contentiousness about rights. Uh, another one is Neil Gaiman's issue of Spawn. You can not find that digitally but i have that in my in my collection because of there's a rights dispute about that stuff so Damn. uh that's the kind of stuff i'm going to try to do more of on the patreon where i'm going to dive into some sort of quirkier stuff that unless you got the physical comic in the 90s or have just bought it on ebay like i'm doing to fill some of the gaps you're just not going to find them anywhere else so that's that's something you can also find again at patreon.com second print pod um that's all i got remzo and that's all she wrote folks as always if there's wrote. one thing to remember it's short it's sweet it's to the point read comics and change the world. Good night, America. Adios. Totally. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. 
Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.